Well, good morning, KBRF radio listeners. This is Debbie Kaminsky, number one international best-selling author, speaker, coach, and podcast host. I'm also the president of the Christian Women's Club of Fergus Falls, and we here at Christian Women's Club are so grateful to KBRF Radio for making it possible for us to connect with you until we're able to be back together face to face. Please know we're monitoring this COVID crisis and we really hope that it will be very soon that we'll be meeting regularly. For now, however, we are happy to bring you a broadcast each month that will keep us connected and uplifted. Now, I want you to know that Christian Women's Club of Fergus Falls is for all women. Did you know that? And we'd love to have you join us when we're up and running again. So if you'd like more information, call Virginia at 218-770-8002. That's 218-770-8002. Now sit back and enjoy today's broadcast. Well, good morning, listeners. I'm so excited today to talk to Patty Blackstead Parker, and she's going to talk with us. The title of our talk today is Wreckage to Restoration. Wow, so many of us can relate to that kind of a a title, can't we? She's from St. James, Minnesota, and she's a retired insurance agent. Patty has an amazing story and testimony and found that when she put the trust in our Lord, he absolutely was faithful and brought about restoration. Welcome, Patty. Good morning, Debbie. I'm just delighted to be with you this morning. Well, I'm so glad you're here. We've enjoyed some little conversation before this moment. You're just a delight. And I can't wait for you to share with our listeners your story, your testimony, and and, and bring hope to those that might be in a spot just like you've been. Yes, and I'm just uh, looking forward to sharing any kind of um, help and hope for our listeners. Yes, 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 yes. Well, let's just jump right in because we've just got so much we want to share. So let's do that. So Patty, tell us, how did your life become wreckage and how did our Lord restore it for you? Well, I was raised in a dysfunctional and unsafe home and didn't have a good example of what to look for in a mate. I didn't have the help, the guidance, and protection that a solid home offers. But I did feel an inner warning not to enter into the marriage that I did. I had allowed myself to be pressured against my better judgment. We were married soon after I graduated from high school. Even though my husband had faithfully gone to church with me every Sunday while we were dating, he hid the fact that he smoked, drank, and gambled. I believe he was already an alcoholic when we got married. The first Sunday after we were married, he refused to go to church and physically restrained me from being able to go to church. This was the beginning of my crying out to the Lord for his divine intervention. When I was in my early teens, a friend of mine asked me to come with her to a youth rally that was being held in her church. I heard the plan of salvation for the first time. I realized that I had to confess that I was a sinner, ask for forgiveness for my sins, and accept Jesus' payment for my sins when he died on the cross. I needed to turn my life over to Jesus and let him live out his plan for my life through me. 
I did this and became what is called a born again Christian. The born again experience and lifestyle was not taught in the church I was raised in. I could feel the presence of the Lord and sought to serve the Lord faithfully. Now I was in an abusive marriage and believe in divorce. However, three years into our marriage, I left my husband and planned on getting a divorce. My stepfather came to me and shamed me into going back to my husband. He argued that there hadn't ever been a divorce in our family before, so I reluctantly returned. Five years into our marriage, we, did, we still didn't have a baby, and both of us greatly desired to have a baby. We had even applied for adoption, but I thought to myself, I would question the judgment of anyone who would place a baby in our home. I was also praying that the Lord would give us a baby, and I believe the Lord directed me to pray, and I did pray the prayer of the relinquishment of my will. I prayed that if the Lord wanted us to have a baby, that we would gladly receive this child from him. But if he did not want to give us a baby, I wouldn't ever ask him again. The Lord knew that I meant this prayer, and I immediately became pregnant. This was a miracle and a blessing from the Lord. My husband's abusive behavior and heavy drinking continued because of different incidents, and because of different incidents, I knew little Brenda and I were not safe. So I filed for divorce and moved to Minneapolis to live with my mother and stepfather while I rebuilt our life. My husband followed us and wanted to try again. I finally agreed. We moved to Minneapolis. How, however, it wasn't long before the drinking and carousing resumed. At this time, I realized I had to completely let God take over our situation and believe the Bible that says, all things are possible with God. All things work together for good for those that love God who are called according to his purpose. To realize that God had a purpose for my life and he was willing uh, to fulfill that purpose helped me completely turn our entire situation over to him. I did this in the form of a prayer that relinquished my will in my situation. God knew I meant this prayer and I could feel his presence with me. His presence filled the entire apartment that we were living in at that time. It seemed like God's arms were wrapped around me and letting the Lord take over the controls of my life was the big difference that was needed. A love for reading the word of God filled me and I saturated myself with the word of God. This helped me see my life and situation through God's eyes. I began claiming the promises given to us in the Bible and asking the Lord to fulfill those promises in my life. I began seeing the Lord at work in my life and in my situation. The Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than ours. God knew what he was doing in my husband, even though it was not evident to me for a very long time. He was making me aware of scriptures he wanted to make real in my life also. God may deliver us in the midst of an abusive situation or deliver us out of an abusive situation. I am not advocating remaining in an abusive situation, just letting God be in control. I could sense the Lord's will 
as he would instruct me, for example, to get up in the middle of the night and make a complete supper for my husband and a drinking friend that he had brought home with him from the bar. The Lord continued to lead me um, and we moved to Billings, Montana. Our second child, Dennis, was born. My husband's drinking got even worse. At the same time, I was blessed to be able to help teach children the Bible at church. Over the years, there had been a lot of verbal abuse, physical abuse, and unfaithfulness. He was in a series of four treatment centers for his alcoholism. Before going to the last one, I asked him if I could pray for alcoholism to be removed from him. Uh, let me preface this by saying that he had always been a very restless sleeper, and I had to dodge flying knees and elbows. I also had to hold on to the covers all night if I wanted any. He agreed to let me pray over him, and after I prayed, he fell asleep, lay perfectly still, and perspired so profusely he drenched the bed. He didn't ever drink again. This was indeed a miracle. Those years of praying and believing that God would deliver my husband from alcoholism were over. We lived in Montana until after our third child, Susan Annette, was born. We later moved back to Minnesota where our fourth child, Dawn Marie, was born. I could see how God was helping us and how he protected the children and me in many ways. Our financial situation began to improve. We managed in a, an apartment complex together together, consisting of 125 apartments in one location and 18 in another location, as well as We were over all other employees and all situations. We lived in a large house on the grounds of the complex, and I had a daycare in our home, which also included any children from the apartments that um, needed to be cared for. I was blessed to be able to minister to the children that lived in the apartments. This included a day, daily Bible school for quite a group of children from the apartments. A number of children received Jesus as their savior during this time. The Lord also had me conduct a weekly Bible study in our home for a group of ladies. In addition, my husband worked at a semi-body uh, shop full time. And I could feel God's protection, help, and guidance by how smoothly he made everything go in such a magnitude of responsibility. In time, we moved back to where my husband was raised. He opened a body shop in a neighboring town, and we farrowed and raised feeder pigs. My husband and our 12-year-old son, Dennis, became auctioneers, and as a family, we conducted auctions. My husband openly defied God and declared that he was doing all of this and not God. And in time, all of this hard work came to nothing with very significant financial setbacks. God was working on his heart, but at this time, he was still saying no. I continued praying that he would receive Jesus as his Savior. And I stood firm on the children and I going to church Sunday morning and having devotions every day. The children and I grew in faith as we read the Bible and prayed daily. God was helping me to stand up for what I knew was right. We did have emotional scars, however, because of the constant abuse and stress that we lived with. 
But I believe that each of us has emotional scars of one nature or another as we go through life. It was time for Brenda to choose a college and she wanted to go to a Christian college but didn't think her father would let her. I reminded her all things are possible with God. I said that I would pray and ask the Lord where she should go. Brenda came to me repeatedly and asked, have you heard from God yet? And I said, no, not yet. Finally, she came back and asked, and I had heard from the Lord. I told her I felt the Lord was saying a specific Christian university. She said, dad would never let me go there. I said, ask dad. And if I have heard correctly, and this isn't just something that I thought up myself, he will say yes. Brenda came back in a very short time and said, Dad said yes. He allowed mm. three of our four children to go to and graduate from this Christian university. And he also visited the university with us repeatedly. We could see God working in his heart and beginning to change him. We moved back to our building site and Floyd had his semi-body repair business there. I became an independent insurance agent, and the last years gave time for healing of emotional wounds. Floyd had mellowed significantly, which allowed for healing to start. Later on, we went to Texas to visit some of our children who were now grown. Floyd had been having health problems for years, but got worse. We took him to the hospital for tests, which revealed advanced lung cancer. It was within God's plan that we could be in Texas, surrounded by our children and their families at this crucial time. Before leaving the hospital, Floyd asked me to pray with him to receive Jesus as his Savior and Lord. And the Bible says no man can come to the Father except if the Father draws him. The Father had been drawing Floyd to himself. Floyd prayed for forgiveness for his sins and for Jesus to take over his life. Floyd became peaceful the last two weeks he lived. It was this peace, love, and gentleness radiating from him that, ch that the children and I rejoiced in. This was the proof that Jesus now lived in Floyd. I placed our situation in God's hands and promised to trust him with it. And 41 years later, Floyd surrendered to the Lord. The power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord's faithfulness to answer our fervent prayers is evidenced in the blessing that all of our children, their mates, and our grandchildren and their mates have received Jesus as their Savior and are serving him. So that's my story, Debbie. Ah, that's so beautiful. I'm sitting here smiling. I just want you to know. Praise God. I yeah. It was not easy to go through, but you know, when victory's at the end, that's that is Amen. Amen. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. From wreckage to restoration. Uh, there's nothing better than knowing that the one you love is in heaven, right? Yes. Nothing's better than knowing that they have peace. Yes, I, I thank God for that often uh, and just rejoice in that. And my message to the listeners, my, my encouragement to the listeners 
is to turn mm -hmm. whatever situation they're facing to turn or a loved one of theirs is facing to turn it over to the Lord in prayer and give the Lord time to work. Yes, yes. It takes time yeah. and prayer. Your prayer, your prayer testimony is so powerful. So powerful. Well, thank you, Patty, so much for being here with us today. I have so appreciated hearing your story, and I know our listeners will as well. If they want to get a hold of you, okay, it's P Blackstead, P B L A C K S T A D at hotmail.com. So you can find her there. And we will be back with you all next month. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Debbie. God bless you. Well, thanks to Christian Women's Club of Fergus Falls and KDRF Radio for sponsoring this interview with Patty Blackstead Parker. We hope you enjoyed this spot. Now, if you'd like a free PDF of the of 10 tips to help you thrive through difficult times, thrive through these pandemic times, well, be sure to reach out to my website. You can get that for free. It's absolutely yours at www.goodbypast.com. That's goodbye as in goodbye. Dot com, goodbypast.com. You can also catch me on Facebook and Instagram. And remember to catch us here again next month right here on KBRF Radio. This is Debbie Kaminsky from Goodbye Past, Hello Purpose, and Christian Women's Club of Fergus Falls saying goodbye for now.